With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to the latest episode of my 2023 Rugby World Cup preview series. Today we begin to round things off by looking over the tier two nations of Namibia, Romania, Georgia and Portugal. Joining me first of all is Rugby Europe writer Francisco Isaac and I'll start with you first Francisco. Are you excited for the upcoming World Cup? Yeah, yes of course. For me, uh, being from a nation that it's going to only be the second time in the World Cup, uh, it's strange for the people in Ireland or New Zealand, Australia, or France to understand how, why we get so passionate about it. Uh, because it, most of the time, as we didn't qualify, we love it even more because it's a dream that we could not uh, obtain it. But uh, now it's become a reality for the Portuguese uh, fans that after 2007, we're going to be there for the second time. So it's, yeah, I'm very keen and motivated by it yeah i'm sure and i, I suppose just i i know we don't have it noted but just because you are you know speaking on behalf of portugal is there is that except excitement nationwide or is it kind of subdued because obviously we we'd perceive portugal to be a, a soccer nation but coming into this world cup is there a big amount of hype especially with it just being over in france it's not it's not far away well it I cannot say it's generally a big motivation for the rest of the country, of the majority of the country. Uh, Israeli is small uh, in Portugal and due to uh, bad mismanagement, be, uh, sorry, mismanagement from to, to, from the 2008 until 2018, uh, our numbers dwindled and the biggest problem was uh, the the tension outside of our rugby bubble uh, almost died out. And now w- w- with the World Cup, I understand there's a lot of Portuguese fans in Portugal that want 
to make it a big thing, but look, it's difficult when we have handball, volleyball, basketball growing big and like we forgetting football. The, those three uh, sports are leagues ahead of, of Portuguese rugby, and that's why. I only think the, the big attention and the big motiv motivation to the people to see it will only come after the first game. When the first anthem is going to be sang and Portugal scores a try against Wales, because I'm sure if they're going to score at least one try against, uh, not winning, but scoring a try, I'm sure that like 40% of the people in Portugal that love sports will start to see the the the, the, the Lobos team play. Uh, I think from this 40%, the majority won't understand why we are losing against Fiji and Georgia, but it's it's a road. And after this, I think the the, the work has to be done outside of, of the pitch and to break the rugby bubble and try to augment it, uh, the attention that the Portuguese rugby deserves. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose... We might as well start with them now, seeing as we did decide to discuss Portugal, but you're they start with Wales in in Nice in in their opening game. It's on the second week of the tournament. However, mm -hmm. I suppose it's Pool C is tricky enough as it is in terms of we don't actually know which of the top three or top four teams are going to get out in Portugal come in under the radar. But what do you think we can expect then from Portugal? Do you think there there is a surprise in the offing? Well, it's I think it's one of those pools that everyone. We're going to be serious. Everyone is expecting that Australia and Wales to come through. I know there's some dreams for Fiji or Georgia to come out of it, which is possible, but uh, all uh, all has to do with the calendar. Uh, calendar sorry. Uh, today I spoke with Luis Pizarro, who is assistant coach for the, for the Portuguese national team, and he was explaining this, and I've written about this two weeks ago, that Portugal has two games that I think it can win. It's against Georgia, because it's going to be Georgia's uh, second game or third game. Uh, uh, they'll be a bit better. And Fiji. Fiji's his last game. If Fiji goes to that game qualified for the quarterfinals, they're going to put a second string team on the on the pitch. If they have no chances to get into the third place, which uh, let's, let's imagine it's going to be Georgia, um, their motivation and morale is going to be low, low. Compared to the Portuguese, because we're gonna see, we're gonna be like sharks smelling blood in the water. Fiji goes to the game without. I'm not going to see passionless because they're very passionate about it. But to go to the last game with no goals to to fulfill. It's a game that Portugal can win, and it's going to be fifty fifty. That's why I consider this Georgia and Fiji to be the top games for Portugal to give a surprise. Uh, when I. Like half an hour ago, I was thinking, saying to you, what I would say to you about predictions in this pool. For Portugal, I would say the high prediction, so bold prediction, will be Portugal to lose against Wales and Australia by seven or below seven points. So one point uh, yeah. from, from losing. And winning against Fiji or Georgia, or at least tying one of against Fiji and winning in, uh, against Georgia. These are my bold predictions. But the mid prediction would be Portugal to lose only by thirty points against Australia and Wales, and slot a win against uh, Georgia and lose against Fiji by seven points. 
Well, hopefully the one of the bold predictions comes off anyway for <laughs> for Portugal. And you're obviously excited, which is the beauty of, of World Cups, no matter what the sport. And, and Max Woods joins us also. And, and Max, before we get into, I, we're going to touch on Namibia, who are in Pool A, where's your excitement levels coming into this tournament? Oh, I'm I'm off the scale excited, to be honest. Um, I've been waiting all summer, listening to more and more podcasts and watching videos. I think we come into it, it's still one of the most open World Cups we've had in a very long time. Even as, you know, it seems like New Zealand, Ireland and France have kind of separated themselves, maybe South Africa as well. But there's still so much potential with the way the draws come for upsets in the pool stages, even into the quarterfinals. See, we're talking about Tier 2 nations today. There's so many opportunities for uh, Tier 2 nations to, to have a good shot taking out some of the tier one nations getting into the quarterfinals. Absolutely. And I suppose one of the teams who consistently make the tournament but consistently don't really get anywhere is Namibia. And we're we're going to touch on them now. And I suppose what what do you think we can expect from them from I suppose players who we could look out for? I know it's a tricky pool. Most team most teams in that pool would expect to beat them quite handsomely. But what what do you think we should expect both player wise and in terms of results max well it's i mean they're in a pool with france and um new zealand and maybe have, have, have had it tough the last couple of couple of years having the all blacks in their pool but and and you look at you look at their squad and they have there's some there's some good players here but it's really the depth it's really the depth that they lack they're you know their first they're if you if you could pick their strongest fifteen, there's some solid players in there who play in France and in South Africa. Um, but it's when you look down to their to their bench and you see players playing, you know, in the fifth, sixth tier in France or in in the Namibian domestic leagues that you really think that they're gonna start struggling, you know, in those last those last twenty minutes of games. I mean in terms of players I'd look out for, I think number one is they've captured um, Richard Hardwick, who is a who's been capped for the Wallabies, but was born in uh, Namibia. He's a regular for the Melbourne Rebels, and he's a he's a really good abrasive back rower. Um, he him combining with um, Brian Conradi, who uh, plays for the New England Free Jacks in America, but has had had a spell at Gloucester. And he's a, he's a really solid player. He's been standing out in the States for a while with him and um, Adrian Boyson, who's also playing in the States. Those three can be a really abrasive, hardworking, big ball carrying back row. And if they're going to, if, if maybe they're going to limit the, the damage against the big boys and maybe give Italy or um, Uruguay a bit of a scare, I think it's going to come down to that, that back row and, you know, the rest of their pack really really digging in and um giving giving some of their backs who there's some dangerous backs in there, some some hard running, uh direct fast players. Uh they want to give them some space. Um I mean if you look at their their previous uh performances this summer, when they have got motoring in their attack, particularly against uh Chile, which they won, it was when they were able to um get fastball and get the likes of Johan Dysel um um, in the back um, in the back line, Divan Russo on the ball, running hard. When the Damien Stevens at scrum half is able to give them fastball, 
that's when they're able to play some good rugby. So they are they're not without talent, and I think they could they they could push they could maybe push the likes of Italy or Uruguay for a half or for sixty minutes, but ultimately it's going to be tough for them to limit the damage when their depth is just not quite what um, the other nations are. And that's that's kind of what we're going to be expecting from from most of the conversation here today. Francisco, just from your point of view, do you think we should expect that from Namibia or will it just be, they, they'll be the, do you expect them to be the bottom side of Pule? It's a very tough pool for Namibia. Um, I, I follow badly for the last 10 years what's been working there, uh, working, what's been happening there. I think they're, I think in the same crisis as Romania, or, but a, a, a bit worse. And I think, or a major upset happens in one of the top teams in a group, and like a red card at the beginning of, of the match uh, happens, and they can and they have the perfect game. And this is all about it. It is the perfect game. And uh, in the last five years, I've seen teams from tier two sides doing perfect games against tier one nations and coming out top or closely to the top. Uh, but for Namibia, I think it's going to be a very uh, not a very bad World Cup because there, for me, there is bad world bad World Cups for T two nations uh, because the attention and the attention span and the marking and so on uh, helps for limited time, but it helps. So, but I don't expect them to have a big World Cup in terms of results yet. No, that's fair, and I suppose one. Team who you did mention there, we're, we were going to move on to next anyway, it's Romania. And they are in Ireland's pool, in Pool B. Some might say it's the pool of death with South Africa, Scotland and Tonga <laughs> also in that pool. And Francisco, it hasn't been a great run of form for them recently. Hammered by Italy at the weekend. Um, and Italy really just kind of just stuck it into neutral kind of thing. You know, that second half, they took it easy really. And like expectations are low for Romania. I know you cover an awful lot of the the rugby, the European rugby championship, and all that. So, what what do you think we should expect from them? Do you think it's going to be a one of their less impressive journeys in this campaign? Well, uh, first looking to the squads and what the the last results of the two thousand twenty three, uh, the rugby European championship was a bad one for them. Uh, they finished at third, yeah, it was good above Spain. But they almost lost that match. I know that they were with the with the full best team. Due to injuries, not players that was rested, just injuries. But the overall quality came down in 2023. Uh, if you went, if you go to YouTube and watch the Real Europe Championship from 2022 and 2023, you can see there's a dip in quality and team cohesion from one year to the other. In 2022, they were able to beat Portugal in Bucharest by 20 points uh, with a second half what uh, that I call like the perfect game and last th- half an hour is just perfect uh, team just rocked Portugal de- uh, completely wrecked was broke apart but in the first 23 it changed Romania against Portugal was easily beaten in the, uh, in the second half and the first half they didn't po- uh, have more than that strong and now I think the Italy game for me it wasn't the worst part of it, it was against Georgia. Losing by 50 points to Georgia, which is a record loss for them against an all-time rival. It's something that uh, no one was expecting. I wasn't. 
I said Romania by 20 max and when I see the final score 50 it was just heartbreaking and I think this the two losses with the injuries with some problems in camp and the fact that this season the their best team and some of the most pivotal players are old like Makovei and Suryu which are beautiful players but at the, at the moment they can't do what they did in 2015 because 2019 they they weren't in the World Cup. Um, I think some. I think they won't do as bad as people are thinking at this point, like a hundred points loss or ninety points loss. But it's going to be two. I think against the box and Ireland is going to be dreadful. Yeah, that's not a great way of looking at it. But I suppose Max that Pool B is going to take up an awful lot of focus here in Ireland in particular. The fact that the Ireland are in it. Um, but it's already been touted as the game that Ireland would rotate he- most heavily in, and I suppose that's that's not a great stead for Romania coming into this. And I suppose what do you expect? Do you think they can pull off a shock anywhere? Do you think they could maybe be a banana skin for one of the teams? Uh, I don't know. Watching them in their last couple of games, it, I mean, it's been almost amateur at times. How how bad the defense was, particularly against Georgia. I thought was just some of the tries they conceded are just unacceptable at this level. And like even at the Italy game, the Italians were rusty at times. They were dropping a lot of balls, but they still managed to put nearly 60 points on. I just, I, I don't see where where that upset could, could come from. I, I think Tonga have been a bit overrated at the moment. They've not been performing particularly well this summer, but I think they've got more than enough fire, firepower to overcome Romania and that's that's sad really because I mean even if you look back to a couple of years ago Romania gave Argentina a really close game and they just seem to be going so far backwards and given it's such a a storied rugby nation looking back to the 80s and 90s I really I really hope that someone can step in and and you know turn the ship around because whatever setup they've got at the moment is clearly not working. Absolutely, it's 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 a shame as as we said before. But um, I suppose that we're we're nearly done. We'll run through the teams. We will get into predictions afterwards. But the hottest property of all the teams of of tonight's conversation is Georgia, and some people are saying they might possibly squeeze out of that group. But more recent, realistically, the the prize of third place, automatic qualification for twenty twenty seven, is the big aim for them at the very least. And Max. I suppose before we get into whether or not they can cause an upset against Wales or Fiji or possibly Australia, what what are you making of Georgia at the moment? Do you think we can take a lot maybe from that win over Romania, for instance, or do you think they're uh, they're coming in maybe not under the radar because it's been spoken about, but primed and ready for, to go? Well, do you know, I think I think they are coming in a wee bit under the radar, and only because they're sharing that group with Fiji, who are of course also flying. And a lot of the sort of focus in terms of like upsets is coming coming on Fiji. But I think Georgia, they're just a really solid, hardworking team with a bit of flair out wide to, to finish those tries when you need. They're a really, really big, heavy carrying pack. And you look at their results. I mean, since they beat Wales last year, they haven't they haven't lost a game. They've beat they beat the USA. Comfortably, they smashed Romania, smashed Portugal. Um, it's I, I think, and and you look at they do have depth in their squad, which they may have lacked 
at times in the past, but I think the bringing in the Black Lion team has given them a bit of cohesion and given um, regular game time for those guys who maybe would be sitting on the periphery of the you know, pro, pro data squads or playing domestically in Georgia. So I think they're in a good as good a position as they could hope to be to cause an upset. I, I don't know if it's probable, but it's like definitely possible like, that they could get out of their group. I definitely, I mean, finishing third is that that probably should be that's a realistic aim for them. And I suppose it's, it's again, Francisco, you'd have watched a, a good bit of Georgia in recent times. They they look to be the, the undisputed kind of top team of the tier two nations. Some people say maybe get them into the Six Nations. That's that's for an entirely different conversation. But having beaten Wales, having beaten Italy last year, having mm-hmm. you know coming in looking like they're in great form, do you think they can be the one to pull off the biggest shock of the the lower the lower ranked teams? Well, I think so. We were talking about Romania and Georgia and Portugal. I think one thing that's stood out 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 uh, in comparison to all three of them is the conditioning and the and the the physical aggression that they offer to the game. If you go watch Romania against Italy and Georgia the last two matches, physical conditioning wise, they are just completely dropped. After two, half an hour playing against Georgia, you could see them like they have the the step and the pace to accompany them, and in the last twenty minutes is completely. Georgia didn't score like 80 or 90 points in that match because the last 20 minutes were like knock-ons and playing around and uh, and pass straight to the line-out and so on. But the physical condition in Georgia is above normal. And I know Fiji is doing a lot of work. So I think fiji Georgia is going to be one of the biggest games in the World Cup for me this year. Uh, the, the sheer passion quality they're going to put in that match is going to be over the top, and I think if Wales uh, starts to play the kicking game against them, they're going to have a very bad time. I've seen what Georgia is trying to do, and if you can go go to the, see the, the game against uh, Romania, as Lobshanice is uh, kicking from like 60 meters out of the, of the pitch. So they're training penalties from all over the, the, the field, so they if they have to take it to get three points at the critical moment of the match, they're going to do it. And they did the same against the USA. They are practic- they're training small things that you might don't you might uh, not see it clearly, but when you understand there's a plan, and the plan is to win against Wales by kinky penalties, Australia is going to be uh, who's get, who has a be- the better pack at the moment. <laughs> I don't know, because the Georgia uh, pack, scrum-wise and line-out and mold, is just ferocious, and we'll see. For me, Georgia can be the shock of the World Cup. Things have to go their way, like a yellow card, a red card in the, in the first half an hour is going to kill them. If they get like uh, 100% well-disciplined, and I'm saying zero penalties by like two penalties in 20 minutes, I think they're going to pull an up, uh, uh, not just one upset, but a couple of them. And it would be it would be great to see because as we've said in other podcasts, it's it's those results that, that really bring a World Cup to life, be it Japan, Uruguay, whoever it may be, Fiji in, in years gone by, Samoa. And I suppose because of the nature of this conversation, we are talking about tier two teams. 
and I might just change things around when it comes to predictions. So we'll start with Namibia there in Pool A. And just quickly, lads, num- firstly, I want to see where you think each side will finish, be it you know, third, fourth, fifth, maybe even second in their pool. But also, what constitutes a good World Cup? And I'll come to you first, Francisco, about Namibia. What would be a good World Cup for them? Oh, good World Cup for Namibia. I say... It's a difficult question you you pose because losing all four games, uh, no one is going to say it's a good result. But losing the games without being... And I hate this word, humiliated, but let's not say humiliated, but like trashed around and be shown like he's his full amateur team um, will be good. So losing more than 50 points will be bad uh, at the moment because if you go see the, the, the last seven World Cups, the difference between the gap, sorry, the gap between T1 and T2 sides is getting narrow, narrow. and if Manimi and Romania lose by 80 points, I know what voices are going to come out again, saying that the, the gap is getting big again and so on and so on. So for me, Namibia can't lose any of the matches by more than, let's say, 30 points. I know it's hard at the moment to see if they can do it, but that's my that's my best projection for them. And it's it's the nature of it there. They're not up against, say, an England who are struggling to score tries. They're up against France who have more wingers than then they maybe nearly have you know good enough rugby players. That's just the the nature of the beast in France. And Max, what what do you think? What is a good World Cup for them? And I assume you'd be looking at a fifth place play or fifth place finish in that pool. Yeah, that's right. I think I think if we see from them if they if they can build themselves enough of chances in the game that they can show what they're about and show a bit of attacking flair. And time on the ball, you know, score score tries in every game. Give give Uruguay a solid a solid shot. I don't think they'll win that game, but give give them give them like a, a good game. And yeah, keep 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 the margins down against New Zealand and France below yeah thirty five or so. I say that I, I think they'd take that. And listen, he was he was hoping. All four of these teams will have shocked. The reality is it won't be the case, but I suppose I'm I'm hoping Romania don't pull off a shock in the opening day of the World Cup or the <laughs> second day of the World Cup because they do face Ireland. But coming to you first there, Max, what would be a good result for them? Francisco touched upon possibly improving their form. They have to improve their form, first of all, from what we've seen. But what would be a good World Cup and, and where do you see them finishing? Do you think they can maybe take Tonga and finish fourth? Well... Um, do you know if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said, yeah, maybe, maybe they could give Tonga a go. But at this point, you know, give give Tonga a game, and that's a success. I think they're in a similar position to Namibia. I think they need to. I think if they can, if some new players for them, some new young players emerge during the course of the tournament, for them to build on in the future, give them some experience, and don't let the scores become embarrassing. I think that's. Was about where they should most of the where they should be at. And coming back to you then, Francisco, for that question, like, what what's the best case scenario for Romania? Is it a win or is it you know good results against top teams? No, I would say a win against Tonga. And who is hearing me may, might think I'm crazy, but 
it and that match is going to all going to do to uh, going down to two two elements sorry uh, first one the pack if the fourth pack of Romania can dominate Tongan uh, in the scrum and in the mold I think Tonga is going to have a bad time because if the if the pack doesn't have ball the the back line isn't going to play and Tonga is not a team of counter attack if going if you went to see the matches they had at, as warm up you could see that counter attack is not their uh, main str- uh, strong 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 point second um it is going to do all to do also with injuries uh, if Romania goes to that match with with a clean sheet so nobody of the big players like Valvasa, Gontiniak, Makovay, Ser, um, Savin, Kojukaro, Chirika, uh, Kirika, sorry, Kirika, uh, or Hupanu um, uh, injured, I think they have a good shot. And I would say a third one is discipline. I think Tonga is in a bad way on these uh, warm-up matches. Is their discipline. But Romania is also... Romanian discipline is completely down it at the moment uh, it's not only just hands on a rug or player not moving in time it's things illegal to the game and they should stop with it and i know why they're doing it because it's conditioning it's all due to conditioning they're tired and so they want to slow the ball at with all means but the match officials the game is completely seen by all cameras so they can't do that and it's foolishness uh, at this point it's a, it's a good synopsis, and well, I suppose hopefully we don't see this. We don't see it at this kind of cynicism, as you may say. And we'll move on now to Pool C, Portugal. First of all, before we go to Georgia and obviously Francisco, you would only love to see them, and we'd only only love to see them, you know, come out of that pool in incredible fashion. It's unlikely, but I suppose from the rational point of view, as someone who's watched them in. Yeah, the European Championships and and so on. What do you think is is the realistic aim for them, and where do you see them finishing that pool? Well, uh, my prediction for Rugby World Magazine that I wrote it was Portugal going to finish at last, so in fifth place. Um, the Portuguese me want to believe Portugal will, will win at least one match, but if I go to a middle point, I would say Portugal has a good shot of winning out at least one match. The Portuguese team isn't just uh, it, it isn't the same team as 2007 uh, because the players are more professional. Uh, Max was talking about the Black Lion. We have the Lusitanos. Uh, half, more more than, than half of the team plays in France in the Prodeda or in top 14 on the National. And it makes a big difference. It's like completely big difference. It's something that's happened with... Well, just let me backtrack a bit. Uh, Romania had this in 2007 and 2011 and lost it. If you're going to see the squads that went to the World Cup in one, where the players played, uh, you could see a lot of Romanian players in Prodeda and top 14. And now you have just two at uh, Prodeda, none in the top 14. And most of the players are or in the fourth division in France or in Romania playing. So for Portugal, that is the biggest takeaway. And I think Portugal, if they keep discipline to the, their best behavior possible, Portugal is going to do some surprises. The problem is discipline and the fourth pack. But the fourth pack at the moment is not a, it's not a big problem or issue for me. Uh, I've seen the games and against the USA, after half an hour, they start dominating. The conditioning, Portugal is perfect. And I think World Cup is always, always due to 
uh, a good World Cup, sorry, is always due to good conditioning and no, have no injuries. And Portugal at the moment have two injuries, but uh, they're going to be have a clean build before the World Cup. And conditioning wise, they are top for at the moment. Uh, and Max, um, what's what's your take? Where where do you see Portugal finishing that pool, and and what is the the realistic aim for them? Well, yeah, I do think they'll probably finish fifth, but I I feel like Portugal are probably going to be the team in this tournament that people kind of fall in love with watching. They're going to be they they're going to be exciting to watch, and I think they will cause some trouble for the teams above them. Of all like the sort of fifth seeds in each pool, they're the they're the team that could you know give make make things difficult for a Wales or a Fiji, and you know. Um, yeah, on their day they could catch Georgia unawares. They could catch Fiji unawares, much in the way that Fiji tried to rotate in the last World Cup against Uruguay and it backfired. And Uruguay won that game. I could see Portugal doing a similar thing if um, if any if Wales or Fiji or Georgia tried to rotate too much. I mean, if if Wales were to field a team like they fielded against South Africa last week, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I would definitely say that game would be fairly competitive. But if I'd say if they can pick up a losing bonus point or two, that you know, I think that would constitute a very successful World Cup. Yeah. And we'll wait and see. But I suppose if if we're tipping Portugal to finish fifth, that means that Georgia will be the only team in this conversation not to finish fifth. So we're going to be ending on a high. And I'll come to you first, Max. Georgia, obviously, as I said at the top of the show, everyone's saying, can they come second? Can they get out of the group? Can they make a quarter final? But realistically, where do you see them finishing in, in this pool? They'll probably have aims to get out, having beaten Wales last year. But where do you see them finishing? I, I honestly, you could ask me tomorrow or you could ask me yesterday, I'd probably have a different answer. The pool is so even. And I think I think Australia will get out of that pool. And I think I think Fiji will probably get out. I think Wales. I think that my big prediction will Wales will end up fourth and Georgia will finish third. I think Georgia have enough to beat Wales, um, like they did in the autumn. Um, they could get out. They could get out. I, I'm I'm gonna say third, but you know, you never know. Well, Wales are truly the enigma of this World Cup. Some people said semi-finals. Some people said fourth and having to re-qualify for the next World Cup. It's it's remarkable, really. But Francisco, you've a great knowledge of this Georgian team, as we've said. What do you think? Do you think they, they will be the Tier 2 nation like Japan before who would get out and get to the quarterfinals? Well, um, see, what I wanted as a Portuguese fan and a T, and T European really fan would be Georgia to finish in second or third and Wales finish in second or third. Because it means that for the next in the next Rugby World Cup cycle, one spot opens opens up in the Rugby Europe Championship. So Portugal, Romania, uh, Spain, and Netherlands wouldn't have to squander off with Georgia for for that spot. So it will make things not easier, but people could relax a bit. So that's that will be the dream. So I say Georgia is going minimum is going to be the uh, at third place. Um, the se- going to the qu- to to the quarterfinal, it's a very bold prediction because it everything has to be perfect. Um, imagine they can win against Wales, lose against Australia by one point, and then because of the last game of Fiji and Portugal, Portugal lose against Fiji by five points. 
and Fiji goes into the quarterfinals or goes to Australia or something. But um, I don't know. <laughs> really, I would say second place, but I'm going for, with, with a more cool cool down prediction is going to be third. Uh, not not under it. I've seen Georgia, and at the moment the players are completely focused on one or in what they are doing. They're one to look out for. That's for sure, and it, it promises to be a great pool. Pool C. But before we go, I know we've we've probably gone a little bit late, but I I do want to ask, who do you think is going to win the World Cup itself? I'm going to come to you first, Max. Who do you think is going to do it? My heart and a little bit my head say Ireland. I still think France at home with the fire, firepower they've got, although this summer they, their warm-ups have been a little off. New Zealand are looking great at the moment, and I think it will end up being one of those three. And um, If I was to pick one, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to back the boys and go for Ireland. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly take that. I haven't had too many Irish <laughs> predictions so far. So, Francisco, who do you think is going to win the, the Webb Ellis Cup? Well, I have a curse with me since the 2007 World Cup, so I, I, I can't say in my heart the team that I think is going to win because it's, it's karma changes every time. And I'm going to say that Ireland, France and New Zealand have the, be- the, the best shot to get in, in there. But if everyone treats the current reigning champions, the Springboks, as a team in fourth to win the World Cup, I think people are completely crazy because... Hazi Rasmus, like Eddie Jones or Gatlin, works his team to win in the World Cup. Uh, the the, the Rugby Europe Championship, Six Nations, it doesn't matter. Warm-ups, Lions Series, it doesn't matter for them. They want to win the World Cup because it's at the end of the day, it's the biggest prize of them all. And I think the box, I, I said for Ireland, France and New Zealand, but I'm going with the box. The box is going to win the World Cup this year again. That would be... Um... That would be quite, quite the story in and of itself. And, and thank you very much, lads, for, for joining me. We're, we're starting to round down the previews. And this was a very thorough look at the, the prospects of Namibia, Romania, Portugal and Georgia. And thanks to everyone at home for listening as well. If you like what you see or hear, as always, do subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend, whatever you feel like. And you can find the links for, for my channel as well as for the lads' Twitter pages down below in, in the link. And Francisco, of course, Brilliant for Tier 2 content, as always. So definitely want to keep an eye on in particular. Um, and I highly recommend it. But for now, folks, until next time, do take it easy. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 